Welcome to the Project Life Mastery Podcast. I'm Stefan James, founder of ProjectLifeMastery.com, internet entrepreneur and life coach with a passion for living life to the fullest and fulfilling my potential as a human being. My purpose for this podcast is to be a powerful and passionate example of the unlimited possibilities that life offers for any of us that has the courage to commit ourselves to life mastery while sharing ideas, concepts, and strategies that can help you master every area of your life from your health, mindset, emotions, business, finances, relationships, and spirituality. Now, if you're someone like me that is hungry to take their life to the next level, then you're in the right place. Welcome and let's begin. Hey everyone, it's Stefan and Tatiana, and today we are here to answer your relationship questions. We've asked our YouTube subscribers, our Instagram followers, what are your most important relationship questions? And so we're gonna be answering some general questions about relationships and some personal ones as well, just pulling from our experience of being together over the last seven years. Yeah, and most of you guys might know that we recently got married and we just published on our YouTube channels our wedding videos. So if you guys wanna celebrate that day with us and and, uh, watch all the highlights from it. You guys can watch it on the Tatiana James YouTube channel or on the Project Life Mastery YouTube channel, and we'll throw links uh, below for you guys for that. But we're excited to dive in and see how we can support you guys and share with you guys what we've learned of our relationship uh, now over the last seven plus years. Mm -hmm. Okay, so question number one, how to stay in love in a long-term relationship and keep things exciting? <laughs> it's a great question because that's a constant focus in a relationship. A relationship, just like like any other aspect of your life is something that you have to constantly focus on. You have to constantly grow. If you're not growing, then you're dying. And that same goes for your body, the same goes for your finances, your business, and of course your relationship. So one thing that's helped us a lot is a framework that we've learned very early on in a relationship and started applying it. It's called the Six Human Needs by Tony Robbins. And essentially the idea behind it is that if you're focused on fulfilling and meeting your partner's needs at a high level, then you're gonna have an incredible relationship. Um, an amazing, passionate love affair that's always growing, that there's intimacy, there's love and passion. And oftentimes, the struggles that people have in the relationship, the lack of passion, the lack of love and connection and intimacy is because there's certain needs that are not being fulfilled. Hmm. And so what we love about this model, it's a very easy way to measure where you're at in a relationship, which needs are being fulfilled at a high level and which needs are not being fulfilled. And we have a, a relationship ritual that we do every week or so where we check in on a relationship, just like you check in on the progress you're making in your physical body or your finances, your business. We measure things in a relationship as well because you can't manage something if you don't measure it. And so the six human needs I'll share with you real quick. Number one, we all have a need for certainty. And this is not just in relationships, this is just in general in life, but it applies to a relationship as well. So we have a need to feel certain, you have a need to feel uh, secure and safe and comfortable in relationship. Uh, we also have a need for uncertainty, variety, excitement, surprise. You know, uh, that's the spice of life. So we need, there's a paradox there, we need certainty but also uncertainty because if you are always certain about something in a relationship, which a lot of people are, they get very comfortable and complacent, then you get bored. You don't have that passion, you don't have that aliveness. And so that comes from the uncertainty and the variety that you have and that's a very important need. We also have a need for connection and love. 
A lot of times people, they settle for connection in a relationship because love's too scary. Love means you have to fully open your heart. You have to be vulnerable. You can get hurt if you fully open up and love someone. Um, but that's a very important need. We have a need for significance, to feel special, to feel unique, to feel important. Uh, we also have a need for growth. You know, if you're relationships not growing, if you're not growing together, then you're dying. So you need to grow together in the relationship. And there's also a need for contribution. If you're not contributing and giving beyond yourself, then you have an emptiness in your relationship. And so what we do is we do a check-in and a process where we're aware of what needs are being met and which ones aren't. And so we'll check in with each other and say, on a scale from one to 10, how much certainty do you feel in a relationship right now? <laughs> and Tatiana will share. And maybe let's say it's at a seven. Well, if that's the case, then I could say, okay, Tatiana, how can I get that to a 10? How can we feel more certainty in the relationship? And she might say, you know, I, you know what, one thing that makes me feel certain is just knowing that you're going to be there for me no matter what, you know, just giving me that reassurance. So that's something that is important for her, for her to feel certain. And my job, my role in the relationship is to fulfill her needs. And that's, that's an important role in the relationship because there's really three levels of a relationship. There's a relationship where it's all about you. It's like a selfish mode. It's me, 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 me. And if you're not getting what you want, then you have a fit about it. That's the most unconscious relationship. The second level is when you're trading. It's like, okay, I'll give love to you. I'll meet your needs, but you got to meet my needs. It's really just an exchange. The third level and the most important one is when you're giving and you're loving your partner where you're trying to meet their needs even above your own. Okay, your needs are my needs. And by focusing on giving and contributing beyond yourself and fulfilling their needs, then they're going to reciprocate that and your, your needs will be met simultaneously in that process. And so certainty is very important. I'll check in and say, how much variety, how much excitement and aliveness do you feel in the relationship? And so she might say, you know, maybe it's a five. Well, if that's the case, what can we do to create more excitement, more variety? And that's going to create more passion. And I think an important thing that a lot of people struggle with when they're giving, you know, in a relationship is they say, I'm, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm meeting their needs. But oftentimes it's not really what the other person needs. It's really they're giving in a way that, that of how they would want to receive. And so a big part of this is understanding that Tatiana has a different way of feeling variety in the relationship than I might. She has a different way of maybe feeling love. You know, if I ask you what it, you know, what does it take for you to feel truly in love? She might say, well, you got to spend quality time with me. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe that's what's important to her. So I'm going to, in, in a relationship, you're like a detective trying to figure out, you know, what is this person's needs? How can I meet and fulfill your needs at the highest level? And if you can do that, you're going to have an incredible relationship with love and passion and excitement. So that's kind of a formula or a framework that we follow that I think can answer that question for you guys because, um, you know, everyone has a different love language, a different way of feeling love, and you've got to find ways to meet that need for your partner as well as for passion and excitement and the variety is essentially what that is. Mm -hmm. But nobody, nobody in a relationship, when their needs are fully met and they say, you know, I feel so certain in my relationship that this person's the most important person in my life and they make me feel so important, significance, that there's so much variety and excitement and surprise and romance, right? Variety, uncertainty. Um, you know, I feel totally connected to my partner and, you know, I know we're going to be together forever, certainty. Um, you know, we're always growing together, growth, and we're giving, contributing constantly. Nobody ever says when all their needs are met, 
I want to leave this person. You know, that never happens because their needs are being met and they're lit up by that. So that's that's an important process that we can share with you guys. And the opposite of that is when someone is in the position where they feel that they want to end a relationship, yeah. oftentimes it's because their needs are not getting met. So if you use this scale and you look at, okay, how, you know, what's my level of certainty, variety in the relationship, and you'll find they're very, very low. Yeah. But if the partner just starts to meet those needs for you and vice versa, you can reignite that relationship. You can, um, you can renew that relationship um, just by, by bringing the intention there. And as you can tell, this, this is something that requires your conscious uh, attention. It requires you to allocate time every day, every week to your relationship in the same way that you do for your job, in the same way that you do for your hobbies, uh, whatever it is that you're dedicating time and scheduling time in your calendar for, you got to do the same thing with your relationship. And I think that so many people don't do that because in long-term relationships, when you're first dating, of course, right? It's like you're going on dates, you're scheduling dates, you're creating so much variety, you're doing all these fun things, you're, you know, dressing up and, you know, looking your best all the time. But when you're in a long... When you're, what you're doing when you're in a long-term relationship, what happens is you get complacent because you're like, I already got this person. We've been together forever. I'm comfortable with them now. I don't need to dress up. I don't need to wear makeup. We don't need to go on dates, you know. And and you just you, you move away from what you were doing in the beginning. And if you if you do what you were doing in the beginning, there will never be an end. And so we always remind ourselves of that. But as you can tell, like this takes your focus, and it's important. Like yes, it requires some energy. It it takes time, it takes work being a detective, but is it worth it? Hell yeah, this is your relationship. You know, this is the person you're gonna spend your life with, potentially, and you know, if you're meeting that person's need and that person is lit up, they're happy, they're in love, like that's only gonna help you in your life. You guys are, you know, the energy this person, the state this person is in is gonna affect your state and the energy you're in is gonna affect this person. And so you want to be a supporting partner. And that's what, when, you know, we are in a partnership, you know, we, we are a unit and we want to work together to best support each other on this journey of, you know, the next, the life, next lifetime that we share together. Um, yeah. So just, I want to share with you a little bit more of the relationship ritual because he mentioned one part of a relationship ritual. This is actually a notebook from like 2016 that I made. Um, just, and we do this this check-in week. we actually started this when we first started dating like yeah. literally in the first few dates because we already knew very early on in a relationship that we're going to be committed and be yeah. together for the rest of our lives so. yeah so we started doing this back in 2014 and we would do this once a week and again schedule this in if you just say we're going to do it once a week it's not going to happen trust me there's going to be something yeah. else that gets in the way you got to put it in your calendar and say okay fridays at 5 p.m we're going to sit down we're going to give each other the time to do this phones are off no distractions this is time for us and this is going to be so good for your relationship i don't care how long you've been together or if you're just dating this is going to be so good because it gives you an opportunity to really connect to really not allow to not allow anything to be brushed under the rug because you know what i'm talking about all these little things that you know trigger you and you don't say anything and then you just kind of sweep it under the rug but you know what they stack over time and then pretty soon you blow up and you have this explosive fight that can be extremely damaging um, and it doesn't have to get to that point and we're going to get to that question in a little bit but I just want to share with you a little bit more of a relationship ritual because I know many of you are curious about this 
So we go through the 60 human needs. We answer each of us. He asks me, I ask him. So- and, and just to add to this real quick, um, what also is really valuable about this is that it ensures that relationship is always amazing because oftentimes, you know, people, they let these things slip. And as you mentioned, they kind of stack over time and they avoid even discussing and talking about it because it's so painful. They know that, oh my gosh, I got to talk about my relationship. And, you know, they know it's not going as well as they want. They know that they're not meeting their person, you know, the partner's needs. They know they might be in a more selfish mode. Um, And so, you know, it's very challenging at that stage to be honest and confront those challenges. But when you check in every week like this, for us, it never really goes below a seven because if it does go to a seven or below that, we're really quick to get on top of that to do something Mm -hmm. that can allow our relationship to grow. Mm -hmm. But if you don't do this and time goes on, then that seven drops to a six and a five and a four and a three and a two and a one. And then it's a lot more challenging. So this ensures that there's always like a baseline in the relationship. It never goes below that because you're having communication with each other on a continual basis and you have a system for it. Just like in your business, you know, you have quarterly meetings or you have a meeting with your team and you work on the business, not always in the business, right? So that's mm-hmm. the same thing. You've got to work on the relationship, not always get caught up in it. And this allows you to kind of get an altitude perspective of it to look at your relationship mm-hmm. from a different level. Yeah. And also why it's so valuable is that, again, you're creating this time where you're saying this is our relationship time and yeah. it's our time to bring presence to our relationship. And you know, you, the feminine needs presence. And for all you men who are watching, if you're not giving your woman presence, she is, that's a a strong need of the feminine. And you might not, she might not be uh, in her feminine as much around you. If you want her to be more in her feminine, you got to be, bring a strong presence. You can't be distracted with work or doing other things. Like you got to have time for your relationship. Um, But anyways, I want to share with you guys. So we ask each other, what can you do better to meet your partner's needs? Um, so we answer that and we write that down. We take notes and it's good because we can look back on previous um, sessions. And then we ask each other the five love languages. Um, so Stefan alluded to this earlier. Um, the five love languages is a book by Gary Chapman. We highly recommend that you read it. We'll link it in the description box for you because you have to understand that the way that you might receive love, the way that you feel love is different than the way that your partner feels and receives love. And this is a very, very important distinction. So if for me, it's like, um, you know, for me, it's say it's, um, you know, quality time. And, you know, I just, for me, I just, I just need people to spend time with me. I like to hang out with people. Um, and then I'm doing, I'm spending so much time with Stefan and I'm with him and I'm, I'm dedicating him, going on dates with him. And then we do this relationship check-in and I say, well, on a scale of one to 10, how much love do you feel? And he says five. And I'm saying, well, what the heck? Like, I'm spending so much time with you. I'm giving you so much quality time. Why is it a five? And it's because that's not the way he receives love. It's the way I do. So that's usually the way you receive love is the way you you usually give it, but it's not always the way that your partner receives it. So for him, maybe it's acts of service. It's doing things for him or um, helping him out, or maybe it's gifts. It's buying him gifts and showering him with gifts. You know, everyone has a different one. And so I'm going to share those with you um, over here. Uh, So, okay. So one of them is words of affirmation. 
So, um, you know, whether it's compliments or praise, the masculine loves praise, just rewarding them, um, gratitude. Oh, thank you so much for doing this. Oh, you did such a great job. Um, you know, like that's always a good one. The feminine likes, um, you know, also praise and compliments. Um, physical touch. So whether it's a hug, whether it's just like a kiss on the forehead or a squeeze on the back or a massage or um, intimacy, that's another one. Quality time. We've alluded to that. That's very obvious what that is. Um, acts of service. So, you know, maybe it's um, uh, helping someone out in their business, or it's um, cleaning the kitchen, or it's doing someone a favor, running an errand, that type Cooking of thing. Cooking a meal. Cooking a meal. Um, you know, yeah, cooking, yeah. Gifts, um, exchanging gifts. Gifts doesn't have to be expensive. It can be as small as just a note, a little note left on the table. Just, I love you, thinking of you. Or maybe it's just a rose that you come home with. Or or it could be, you know, a diamond necklace. <laughs> Who knows? Whatever. So these are the different ways that people tend to receive and give love. And so then you identify what is your partner's love language. And that's something that you can sit down and you can discuss together. You can you can figure out what that is for yourself and then share it with your partner. Um, and then it's important for your partner to understand that because then they can actually proactively try and meet that love language. So um, this is how you really um, make sure that your, your partner is receiving love in a way that they understand it. And the ultimate is when you make it a game. You make it a competition. Like I'm trying to beat her at meeting her needs, giving more, I want to give more to her than she's given to me, right? And she's trying to give more to me than I'm giving to her. And so it becomes this fun game and dynamic where it's like, who can give to the other person more? Who can, you know, meet the other person's need more, more than anyone else? And that's when it becomes an incredible legendary relationship is when you both have that mindset and that mentality, um, that's, that's when you're going to create a truly passionate love affair. Absolutely. And so then we always ask each other, how can you, how can your partner better meet your love language? So, and then we also do these relationship questions and we don't do this every time. It depends on how much time we want to dedicate to this process, but we'll ask things like what's great about our relationship. What do you love about it? What do you appreciate about your partner? It's a great opportunity to give, you know, to meet their needs, give them those words of affirmation. Um, what do you love about your partner? How can you give more to your partner? Uh, why is it important to give? Uh, how can you create more love in your relationship? How can you create more passion in your relationship? Those are two different things. Um, and so we go on and on, and then we also share our magic moments. So it's a, it's a time to reflect on the week, the things that we did together that were fun, um, and we can just write them down and journal about them and kind of relive them, and um, and it's, it's a fun process. And, and so, what we're essentially doing is that you're directing your focus on all the good, all the positivity, all the amazement that exists in a relationship because oftentimes people, they have a habit of focusing on what's wrong and what's missing. And if you focus on that, then you get more of that. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so taking the time to have gratitude for one another and asking these questions where you really think and, and, and you really become aware of, yeah, you know what? I, you know, I love this about a relationship or I love this about you or, you know, this is what I can do better in the relationship because a big part of this too, as you can probably tell, is each of us taking responsibility for how we're showing up, mm -hmm. right? So I'm taking responsibility if her needs are not being met, I take responsibility for that because that's what I can control. You know, I can control what I can do and how I show up and what I can give. Mm -hmm. And that's not this mode of blaming the other person and criticizing them. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. 
instead of pointing the finger, whenever you point the finger at someone, always realize you got three fingers pointing back at you, right? So you got to look at yourself first and what am I not doing? What am I not giving? And take responsibility for your relationship. And all it takes is one person to step up and decide to be the leader, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes people don't want to do that because they're like, well, you know, they should be doing this or they're the one that should be, you know, taking charge right now or they should be admitting that they're wrong and I was right. All that is is ego. And all ego is going to do is create separation. It's going to create division. And when you get rid of that and you dissolve the ego, then you go back to love. And you really focus on what's most important, which is the unity of a relationship. And you put aside all the other bullshit that, you know, is all just your ego. It's all just fear. And you just go back to loving this person because that's the most important thing. And by both of you getting beyond that and letting go, whatever that is, and focusing on the bigger picture, that's what can allow something to grow to something truly magical. Exactly. Now, the last thing I'll say before we jump to the next question is that um, on an individual level, you should be meeting your needs. Yeah. You know, I'm not waiting for someone to come and meet my needs. I'm meeting my own needs. Yeah. I'm also meeting my own love language. But in a relationship, this is where it's a partnership. This is where it's like, I want to meet his needs. He wants to meet my needs. But on a personal level, I'm also meeting my needs every single day. And I think it's important to give that to yourself because you got to fill your cup up. You're not waiting. You're not thirsty for someone else to fill yours. Yeah. So we actually each have our, you know, our alone time, you know, our time for each of our morning rituals that, you know, Tatiana does certain things for herself to be at her best, uh, her best state. And for me, I do things for myself so I can be at my best. And then when we come together, now we are both in a position where we have something to give because we filled each other up first. We filled ourselves up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, question number two is how can I find my soulmate? That's a great question. Um, You know, uh, I'll share with you guys a process that uh, I did to attract Tatiana. Um, Some of you guys may or may not know, but I originally started my career um, in my early 20s as a dating coach. I helped other men improve their confidence or social skills to meet and attract women. And I started with that because that was the biggest struggle in my life. When I was in high school, I was shy, never had a girlfriend. You know, when you're that young, that's really what you care about. How can I get a girlfriend? How can I be popular? So that was a huge pain point for me. And I really focused on learning about relationships and learning about what I can do to improve myself, to become more attractive, to attract what I wanted and how to have the confidence to go and meet and approach, um, you know, a woman that I found attractive. So that's been a huge focus of myself in my life. And the formula that I learned, it's very similar to attracting anything in your life, the law of attraction. The first step, number one, is getting clarity on what you want. Okay. What do you want in a partner? What do you want in a relationship? If you don't know what you want, then how do you even know if it passes you by? So clarity is the first thing. You got to be specific about what you want. It's no different than you know, if you want to make you know a certain amount of money, if you want to build a business, if you want to achieve a certain uh, health and fitness goal, you got to know what you want. If you don't know what you want, there's no target. There's no destination that you're after. It's like you get in your car and you're driving around not even knowing where you're going. So you got to know what you want, what that direction, what that partner in the relationship is that you want to attract. And so I remember for me, I took out a journal and uh, I actually did an Instagram post. I shared this at her wedding and whatnot. Maybe I'll share it in another video. Uh, the the journal that I I did, but I got clarity and wrote out, what do I want? And I was so detailed, so specific about everything, physical appearance, uh, character traits, uh, you know, certain personality traits and, you know, certain interests and hobbies, all of that stuff. 
And then um, out of that list, you know, I realized, okay, well, I'm being a little bit picky here. I don't need to have everything on this list. But really what I did was I identified what are the most important things? What are the things that are non-negotiable? Okay, so there are there are certain qualities here. You know, I need someone who's going to be honest or I need someone that has a kind heart, you know, or I want someone, you know, who has this or that. Those are things that are non-negotiable. And so I made that list and then I also identified what kind of relationship, you know, what are the things we do together? What would we share together? Where, you know, would we travel together or we'd go to the gym together? We're both into this, we're both into that. So I got, I wrote pages and pages and pages of this. And then the second step, once you get clarity on what you want, is you ask yourself the question, who do I need to become in order to attract this into my life? Because you gotta focus and realize that you attract what you are. That if you want someone who's healthy and fit, well guess what, someone who's healthy and fit, are they gonna wanna be with a slob? Of course not, they're gonna wanna be with someone who's healthy and fit. So you gotta look at yourself and say, okay, well maybe that's something I need to improve and work on and master in my life. You know, if I want someone who's you know a kind and generous person, then I need to be a kind and generous person. I need to focus on that. If I want someone you know, who is, uh, you know, intelligent, then I got to work on that. So I made the list of who I needed to become, who is the best possible version of myself that this person would be attracted to me, drawn to me. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. And so that's really where I put a lot of my focus and I consistently focus on a regular basis what I wanted. I continue to focus on and read my journal and then focus on who do I need to become. And then I created a plan for becoming that. And I believe that when you're living your life from a place of abundance, you're living your life because you're not just trying to get someone because you're needy and you know they're going to fill you up. Oftentimes that's when you repel people. But when you're abundant and you're flowing, of overflowing in your life with happiness and joy and you feel alive and you feel content and satisfied with who you are regardless of whether someone else is in your life, you don't need them to come and complete you, now you're more attractive to people. People are going to be more drawn to you because you're not coming from a place of, of neediness and expectation that this person has to, you know, uh, fulfill you. So, so that's kind of the place that, um, allowed me to attract Tatiana, who, by the way, you know, crazy story, which I shared at the wedding, how when I had done that, uh, literally a week later, I attracted her and I went through my list. It was everything. I kid you not, everything that I'd written down that I wanted in my relationship. And so that's the power of that, guys, is get clarity on what you want, focus on yourself. And that also means you have to have self-awareness and honesty mm -hmm. to look at yourself in the mirror. Because maybe there's some ways that you're showing up in your life that are just not you know, that are just not going to allow you to attract someone. Maybe you got to do some work on yourself. Maybe you've got, you know, some, uh, ways that you're of being that, you know, maybe you're reactive emotionally. Maybe, you know, you have an anger challenge, you know, or maybe you have some childhood trauma that you got to really resolve. Maybe you've been hurt in the past and you're closing off your heart and you're not allowing yourself to fully trust and open to someone. Those are things that you got to have awareness of and say, okay, I got to work on this. I got to work on myself. I got to heal myself. And when you do, then you're so much more attractive to everyone else. And then you'll attract that right person in your life. Mm -hmm. I love that. Very well said. Um, 
So if you don't have what you want in your life or you don't have um, the person that you want in your life, then it's, it goes back to taking responsibility yeah. and not being sour and bitter at the world and saying there's no more good men. Well, you know, looking at yourself and how can I improve? What is What can I improve to attract this person into my life? And we keep on saying the word attract because literally when you become the person that is attractive, then that person comes to you. I literally showed up downtown like I, I the story is like I never ever come to his area where he lives and I just happened to be there and I was the one who reached out to him I was the one who contacted him and so he literally attracted me into his life and um, and so yeah there's a lot of serendipitous there's, things that occurred that and we call these blessings blessings and it's the universe God that guided us and yeah. um, you know, it's having that faith and that trust as well. But it's not just like, this is what I want and I want it right now. Yeah. Like you have to put in the work. For and sure. that's why sure. I think that, you know, sometimes the law of attraction whole concept is misconstrued. It's not just like thinking of what you want or creating a vision board and then blink, it's going to happen. Like you actually have to now take action, right? Yeah. It's like you actually had to date people, right? You actually have to put your, get yourself out there. This is another, um, you know, part of finding your soulmate is you have to get out there. If you do all this stuff that Stefan yeah. explained and shared with you, but you stay um, cooped up in your apartment and you never leave, well, what are the chances of you actually, um, you know, finding that person and that person being able to find you? Yeah, and every experience that you have, dating, meeting people, is actually part of your growth and development that allows you to become that person that you ultimately want to be to attract that person that you want. You know, every woman that I'd approached that rejected me was actually giving me a gift was actually giving me an opportunity to work on myself, to improve myself, to you know, perhaps be indifferent to what people think about me, to be a more confident man. And so I appreciate all those experiences or every relationship that I might have had. You know, there's things that every person that I was with was a teacher to me in some way. You know, they exposed my my insecurities or, you know, my emotional reactions or whatever. And I'll, you know, put a spotlight on that so that I can work on and improve that. So every experience you have, every person in your life is an opportunity for you to grow and improve yourself. And that's a beautiful thing. And ultimately the person that you spend your life with is your ultimate spiritual teacher because oh, yes. they're going to help you grow more than anything else in your life. Because there's nowhere else in your life that's going to bring up your deepest fears of not feeling like you're enough and not feeling like you're loved. And that's what happens in a relationship because you're going to open yourself to this person in ways that you never will with anyone else. And you're going to be your most vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And with that, it's going to elicit and bring about some childhood traumas, some insecurities that, that you might have, all of that stuff, which is an opportunity for you to work on yourself and to grow. Mm -hmm. So growth is such a huge uh, component of this. Mm -hmm. And that's really what's going to allow you to attract what you want is mm -hmm. continue to grow and evolve. Because look, if you're not satisfied with what you're attracting, you got to look yourself in the mirror, you know, because that's kind of what it's like. It's like a mirror, uh, you know, you are attracting someone who's negative and complains all the time. Well, do you complain a lot? Are you negative? You know, if, um, you know, because really, I mean, 
someone who's truly happy is not going to be attracted to someone who's negative and complaining all the time, right? Or if you're like attracting all these men or women that are just always have so much drama going on, well, are you a dramatic person? Maybe you got to look at yourself and see what you're putting out and what you're attracting. So we always just take responsibility. And the reason why responsibility is so important is because you can do something about it. Mm-hmm. When, whenever you don't take responsibility, you blame and you deflect, you have no control. Mm-hmm. But if I take ownership and responsibility, now I have a power to do something. Mm-hmm. So taking control of, of, of the results and responsibility of what's showing up for you gives yeah. you the power to do something to make things better because why focus on what you can't control if you focus on what you can't control you're going to go crazy if you focus on what you can control then it's going to lead to uh, hope and possibility yeah sometimes when people hear us talking about taking responsibility they feel um, like sensitive or triggered by that word like well it's not my fault but it's actually very empowering and that's the way we see it like taking responsibility is total empowerment because it means that you can actually create change in your life it means that you're not the victim them. So that's really important. Um, Okay, let's move on to the next We'll see how many questions we'll get to here because we're giving you guys very in-depth answers. Um, Okay, how do you both deal with arguments and fights? Well, you know, Stefan and I, first of all, we don't let ourselves get to the point where we're like spitting in each other's faces, arguing and fighting. We both come from families where there were times when that was happening. Our parents would fight. I remember being in between my parents many times when they're right up facing like just, just so much anger. And I'm like, mom, dad, stop. And so we both had that experience in childhood and we, we individually said, I never want to have that in my life. I never want to be in a relationship like that. So we, because of our experience growing up, we already knew this is not what we want in our lives and we will never, we'll never um, succumb to that standard. We'll never allow our standards to drop where we get to the point where we are disrespecting each other. And respect is key in a relationship. It's very, very important. You have to respect your spouse. And we don't ever let it get to the point where, yes, there are times where we disagree. Like there are many times we don't agree on everything. There are times where we get annoyed with each other or triggered by each other, but we never let it get to the point where we are going to disrespect each other, where we're going to swear at each other, where we're going to be abusive with each other. It's just, it, it, that's not a healthy relationship and we'll never lower ourselves to that point. And so for us, um, you know, yes, we do get into certain um, disagreements, but what we do is we all, we are each individually on our own personal journeys of growth. And your, your personal growth is so important, not just for yourself, but with whomever you spend time with, with all the people that are a part of your life, especially the person that you spend your life with. Because when you grow and you bring awareness to your life and to what you do every single day, when you're able to separate yourself from your actions and from your thoughts, and you can grow in consciousness, you're gonna be able to bring that into your relationship. And so we try to take the most conscious approach. And sometimes one of us is at a low level of consciousness and whoever is at the highest level of consciousness is the one who just is sane. It's the one who says, you know what? Okay, let's agree to disagree. It's fine. I love you. Let's just choose love. Because ultimately, what is the goal here? You know, ultimately in a relationship, again, you're a partnership. We're a partnership. And that means that our goal is love. Our goal is to be in love, is to bring joy to each other's lives, is to help meet each other's needs. If we're fighting, 
well, well, wouldn't that mean that we're enemies? If we're fighting, would that mean we're not on the same team? So we want to be on the same team. And so um, we want to make sure that we are just bringing consciousness to the relationship. And we, we do that, like, you know, for there's a lot of things that we just let go. Because we're like, okay, you know what? It's not worth it. You know, it's just let it go and just, you know, choose the higher path. And, um, and, and, and so it allows us to avoid a lot of unnecessary conflict and arguments and um, drama in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's, it's ultimately realizing that, um, you know, when you have these arguments, these fights, oftentimes it's because you're in your ego. And your ego is just fear. Mm-hmm. And your ego uh, says that I'm right and you're wrong. And you got to be very careful when you get to that point because that's when you're unconscious. That's when you're caught up in your ego. And you really, when you, when you become conscious, a big part of it is looking at being able to let go of your attachment to being right. Uh, because how do you know if you're really right and the other person's wrong? You know, th- there is no right or wrong. There's possibilities. And to become a more conscious person, you have to step out of your attachment of being right. And you have to be willing to get outside of your belief and be able to look at the other person's perspective. You know, to be able to walk into their shoes and yeah. see, okay, why, why do they believe this? Why are they reacting this way? Why... You know, why are they upset right now? Mm-hmm. And being, and that's what self-personal per, development does, is it allows you to understand human beings on a deeper level. Because mm-hmm. I know that, you know, if Tatiana says or does something that is a criticism or whatever it is, it's not really anything to do with me. It's something going on with her, that she's in a state of suffering. Mm-hmm. You know, there's actually two types of responses that you can have in any communication. There's either a loving response or there's a cry for help. If it's not a loving response, it's a cry for help. So if someone's angry, if they're upset, if they're yelling, if they're criticizing, if they're making inappropriate comments, then I know that's a cry for help. This person's suffering. And so when you become more conscious, you're able to step outside yourself and understand and appreciate their world. As Stephen Covey says, seek first to understand, then to be understood. And so a lot of people, they're not willing to do this because their ego gets, you know, their ego doesn't want to change. The ego doesn't want to be wrong. And the ego is just trying to preserve itself. It's trying to preserve your identity and all these beliefs and it has so much attachment to it. So when you can realize these beliefs and these behavior is not really who this person is at their soul, then you can put that aside and focus on just loving this person, having compassion, having forgiveness for this person. And that's what we try to work on in our relationship. And then the other piece is that you can have disagreements, which is just, you know, you have your belief, I have my belief, but when you argue, when you yell, when you fight, when you say inappropriate things, that that's more a reflection of what's going on within you. Because why, you know, for me, if I get upset, why am I so triggered by this? Why, why am I hooked by this? Why is this affecting me so much? What am I overvaluing? Why am I so attached to this? Yeah, why am I so attached to this? Why, what am I overvaluing right now? What am I believing right now in my mind for me to react and behave in this way? Because you can have a healthy disagreement, but you should never get to the point where you're yelling, arguing, fighting. That's something that's going on with you that you need to heal that has nothing to do with the other person. 
right? So that's something that you got to take responsibility for. And as part of your job is to work on yourself so that you don't have, you can disagree without having a negative reaction. And, and that doesn't just go for a relationship and your partner, your relationship will bring that out because it's a place of intimacy and you're vulnerable and you can get hurt a lot easier. But you see people react in crazy ways on social media with COVID, with politics, with religion, all of that stuff. But why are people so triggered? Why there's, there's a, a deeper, uh, pain that's going on in that person, whether it's trauma, whether it's they have some unresolved issues, anger, resentments. It's just like, you know, when someone bullies someone in school, everybody knows a bully is the, the insecure one. The bully is the reason why they're behaving that way is because they're not happy within themselves. Because if they were, they only answer an expression that comes out of someone who's truly happy is love, is positivity. You know, there is no anger that exists within someone who's truly happy and fulfilled in their life. And so if raising your consciousness is the ultimate goal and having a conscious relationship, then you need to be willing to look at yourself and how you're reacting. And, you know, if Tatiana, uh, for example, you know, some, some, one thing that sometimes triggers me is if she's taking a long time to do something. Well, she, you know, I might disagree with that and I could talk to her about that, but why am I being annoyed by that? Why am I being irritated by that? Why, you know, what, what's that reaction? Okay. What do I need to work on with myself? Maybe I got to work on being more patient. Maybe I need to, but there, there, you can have a disagreement in beliefs without the emotion tied to it. And that's something that is an important thing to look at. I, so basically the way I see it, my life is that anything, anytime that I'm, um, triggered by something, anytime that I feel fear arising in my body, anytime that someone does something or I hear a piece of news that causes, you know, anytime I'm feeling uncomfortable, I'm seeing this as an opportunity. It's an opportunity because it's an opportunity for me to think about myself and to reflect on something deeper within me, something deeper that I could maybe resolve and it can help me to raise my level of consciousness. So even before we started filming today, like, you know, it was kind of chaotic (laughs) to be honest. You know, the dog was kind of being annoyed and it took forever to get the microphone set up and the whole thing was just taking so long and you know Stefan um, was a bit impatient about it and um, you know and and so for him he's like well wait a minute like this is an opportunity right I could be impatient I could get upset about it and you know it could you know affect my state or I could say well maybe this is an opportunity maybe this is actually a gift maybe all of these delays is a gift for me to actually sit down and meditate for a moment before I start filming yeah. And and actually, you know, ask. Okay, maybe patience is my um, is my teacher. This is what I need to learn. Everyone's got their thing, right? Maybe you know, for you, it's patience. Maybe for me, it's um, it's insecurity. Maybe you know, everyone's got their thing, right? And it's just seeing that this is what it, I need to work on within myself. And if I can work on that and overcome that, that's going to allow me to achieve more freedom within myself. And it's going to allow me to raise my level of consciousness and bring more consciousness to my relationship. Now, the last thing I want to say before we get to the next question is one thing that we, from the day that we decided that we are committed to each other, we told each other, I know your soul. I know that your intent is pure. I know that you love me. I love you. And I, that's something that will never change. I know your intent. 
And I think that's very important because in relationships, yes, there's going to be things that you disagree on. We know we covered that. But we, what we promise each other is that we will always know that our intent is pure. In spite of the actions, in spite of the words, in spite of whatever happens, we know that this person's not trying to hurt me. I know that Stefan would never try to intentionally hurt me. If he's doing something that I feel hurt from, it's because there's something that he's hurting from and it's just a cry for help. So I know that he never actually wants to hurt me because his intent is pure. And it's a promise. It's something that we know about each other. And so it allows us to, to, to rise above the situation, rise above the events, rise above the arguments of what's being said and to kind of step outside of that and see things for a different perspective of like, yeah, maybe this is a cry for help. Yeah. And you know, we're both trying to focus on being forgiving. You know, being someone who's forgiving means that you have the ability to forgive the other person. And you're, you can forgive people because you know that you're not perfect. Oh, yeah. You know, we all have flaws and we all have weaknesses. Yeah. But, you know, does that make you a bad person because you behave? Or, no, deep down in your soul, you're a beautiful person. And, um, you know, we always remind ourselves of that. But all of this requires consciousness, awareness, the ability to think on this level, to be able to get outside of yourself and be open to other possibilities and perspectives. And the other important piece too here is, you know, one question you can ask yourself whenever you're in a fight is, do I want to be right or do I want to be in love? Do I want to be right or would I rather be happy? At the end of the day, who gives a shit about being right? It's like, oh yeah, I won the fight. Okay, well, what do you really win from that except you just cause harm and damage to your relationship? Yeah, your ego's like satisfied because yeah. I was right and the other person apologized now, you know, but that was at the cost of your relationship. So yeah. if you can let that go and say, you know what, who gives a shit who's right and wrong? I'm wrong. You can be right if you want. I don't care. It's like, I want to be in love. I want to be happy. That's the most important thing. But it's the ego that wants to be right, wants to hold on to that. And whenever you can identify, ego hates being caught. When you, you can bring awareness and identify the ego, hey, that's the ego. Then that's how you have awareness and consciousness in that moment when you caught it because it tries to avoid that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of letting things go. Yeah. So there's a lot of things in our relationship. Like there are many times that, yeah, I just, yeah, I could, I could stir up a fright. I could, yeah. you know, call him out on that and I'm sure vice versa, but it's just like, let it go because if, okay, so yeah, you stir something up and you show them that they're wrong, but like, then you've ruined your day and yeah. now you have no chemistry and intimacy between each yeah. other and you're upset with each other. And it's like, what for? Yeah. Ultimately, again, the outcome is love. The outcome is to be a unit and to work together. Like we are, we, what we're here to do is to bless each other's lives. You know, I want to be a joy in his life. He wants to be a joy in my life. And we want to support each other because life is hard enough as it is. We don't need, you know, each other to make things even harder. So, um, we just want to help each other out as much as we can. And, and just one more thing. It's going back to the opportunity to grow and to be a giver. Okay. That, that, that's, I think one of the most important highest purposes that you can have is to evolve yourself and become more self-actualized so that you are more of a giver. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for example, there might be a situation where you have an expectation and that expectation is not being met. So maybe it's like, okay, I expect for them to have dinner prepared and they didn't do that. And so I'm upset and I'm angry. Well, maybe that's an opportunity for you 
maybe that's an opportunity for you to step up and to be a giver right now, you know, and that, and that's an opportunity for you to evolve your consciousness or, you know, they left out their clothes. You know, I could be upset and I can cause a whole fight around that. Or I can say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to step up. I want to be a giver right now. I'm going to, I'm going to clean up and I'm not going to have this expectation. It's not going to be this trade where it's like, I'm doing this and you're not doing that. Who cares about measuring who's giving more than the other? You know, that, that, that doesn't, you want to pride yourself in the one that's giving more to your partner. You know, that's, that's the identity that you want to have for yourself and take on is that I'm the kind of person that's giving more to my partner. I'm giving, you know, and stepping up and you get joy and pleasure in that because mm-hmm. whatever you give you get to keep whatever you give you get to feel and experience within yourself it benefits you mm-hmm. so you know becoming more conscious becoming more of a giver con- contribution these are just values and beliefs and um you know it's just an ideal to pursue in your relationship that you're not going to be perfect with it's a lifelong journey but that's part of the spiritual development that we all go through yeah and just on the last thing that we mentioned um, you know just think about the feeling if, if you want to be right at the cost of maybe creating an argument and okay so say you win the argument and you prove that you're right how do you feel not really good right but what if you say instead okay I'm just willing to let it go and you know she's right he's right like who cares how do you feel then well you've been able to rise above it and that's the feeling of consciousness that's the that's the feeling of taking yeah the higher road and it's much more satisfying yeah and it's great okay i don't know do we have time to do more questions you know what i think we should wrap this up i think we've covered a lot of topics i think we could have done a few youtube videos another video because we have like a lot more yeah you know we can maybe do another video for you guys where we dive into some more of the questions we don't want to keep this one too long um so let's wrap this one up if you guys enjoyed this video uh give it a thumbs up of course subscribe for more leave comments below let us know what resonated with you or maybe there's other questions that you might have that we can maybe answer in a future video Um, but it's fun to do this because um you know we one of our visions for our, our relationship is to um, inspire others and to have a love so strong, a passion so strong that we can be an example and inspire others because, mm-hmm. you know, it's so hard to find amazing relationships. I don't know about you, but it when you is. look around, Not many we didn't have many, many good role models. Yeah. Our parents, unfortunately, weren't, yeah. um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, the divorce rate is so high. Mm-hmm. And so when you do find, um, incredible relationships as a model that's something that we both cherish and we've been able to find not easy to find but we uh, make it our goal to try to be that in some way for you guys as well and and our relationship and our way of being can be a contribution to the world Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely there's so much that we'd love to share Um, but also just want to remind you guys check out our wedding video it's we're really excited to be able to share the moment with you because you guys have been part of our journey um, you know pretty much since we started dating we've been doing videos together on YouTube and it's been really cool to just share our relationship a part of our relationship with you guys and so um, yeah we would love for you to watch that and um, enjoy um, enjoy that with us and leave us a comment and let us know um, yeah, how you're doing. And yeah, if you have any questions about your relationship or any other further relationship questions that you would like us to answer in another video, just let us know in the comment section of this video. So thank you so much for watching and have a fabulous day. Bye. Thanks for joining me today and listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or received any value, 
then I'd love for you to leave an honest review on iTunes and subscribe to the Project Life Mastery podcast for future episodes. And of course, to receive more content and value, make sure to find and follow me at www.projectlifemastery.com for more. Thanks again. Remember to always believe and commit your life to mastery. I look forward to talking to you again soon.